house of the Lord today. Come on, can you lift up your voice to heaven and clap your hands to the Lord? Let him know, God, I'm thankful to be in your house today. Amen. The Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Come on, I'm thankful to be here today. I'm looking forward to what the Lord has to do in this house. Hallelujah, Jesus. Look around, we have some visitors here from all the way from Newcastle. Love and appreciate you guys. Give them a great big hand clap. Amen. You can be seated really quick. I want to start off this service. Uh, we love and appreciate our pastor and our first lady and their boys. And we wanted to start this service by honoring them today. It is Christmas time. Uh, Landon, Noah, and Gavin, if you guys will come up real quick for me. We love these boys so dearly. And they're looking sharp today. Look at this. Mom had to have got them ready. It was definitely mom. Brother Adele, if you'll help me out here. We want to make sure that we take care of them this Christmas. So they have a little bit of a gift card here and a card from the church. We give them just a great big hand clap. I know. They give up their mom and their dad so they can counsel people and go to hospital visits and nursing home visits and do Bible studies. So they, they sacrifice a lot, and we just want to make sure that we, they know that we love them as a church. Amen. They do such a great job. Such handsome boys growing up to be great men. Amen. And our pastor, the first lady, if they'll come out, we want to celebrate them as well. We love them. Appreciate them for all they do. So on behalf of the church, we want to say Merry Christmas. How many loves and appreciate your pastor? more than just that, I promise. There's a card with, we gave them a love offering during this time, because uh, we know that they do always go above and beyond. We appreciate them. Again, can we give them a great big hand clap today for all of their sacrifice, all that they do for the kingdom of God. We love and appreciate them. Amen. You can be seated still. We're going to, um, I, sorry if I get in trouble for this, we're going to do one more thing. Our Sunday school superintendent, Brother Joe Thornburg, has a small thing as well um, to give, and I'm going to let him take over for a second. Praise the Lord. Hey, hey. If I could have Sister Rose, Brother Ty, Sister Nicole, and I need Sister Michelle, Brother Wes, Bishop and Sister Laura, and Pastor and Sister Ashley. Sister Rose, come up. I know you're not part of the pastoral team, but. Oh, Bishop corrected me. She's been giving directions to him for years, so. 
We have a small token of appreciation from the Sunday school class uh, is what it is. Um, Yeah, she's been doing it for years, so, but this is just a small token of our appreciation. Uh, Sister Rose is always an a, a awesome help. For anyone that's been around here very long, she's an awesome help. So, we wanted to... Also, we wanted to show the pastoral team and bishop our appreciation. Uh, we know that uh, 2020 has been a very trying year for all of us, but we're thankful for their hard work and all that they've done. So can we thank the Lord for all these people today? Amen. We love and appreciate our Sunday school department. And we know Sister Rose is a grandmother to all of our children and takes care of them. And boy, we love and appreciate her so much. She's an amazing elder, and uh, we're just praying for her. Amen. Can we stand all across this place today? We're getting ready to open the praise and worship right now. Can we clap our hands to the Lord and let's lift up our voice? Come on, just begin to get your mind set on Jesus today as we welcome out our praise and worship team. today on this Christmas service Sunday where do you begin this service with joy to the world.
Come on, can we offer up some praise and worship to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords this morning? Come on, would you just give God praise this morning? Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. That's beautiful. Amen. It's so good to see everyone today. Today's is going to be a great day. Look at your neighbor and tell them today's going to be a great day. Look at your other neighbor and tell them they look awesome today. Man, looking good. Looking good. Looking good. Amen. Amen. Can we give all of our guests just a warm welcome? Whether you joined us in person or online, we're just glad that you joined us with us today as we celebrate Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Remain standing with me. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer. We have many needs out there. If I begin to list those, I will mess up. But I want to make sure that uh, we mention some different things that, amen, if there's anybody that's facing a different problem, a situation, amen, if you have a need today, would you lift that hand to heaven? Let's ask God to move, amen. I know that there's some that would love to be here that cannot be here today. So let's really pray for them, amen, especially during this season, this time, all right? So let's go before the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to move in this service. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for what we feel already in this house today. God, we ask that you just bless us, God. Give strength to those that need strengthened today, Lord Jesus. Comfort to those that need comfort, Lord. Let your peace fill this house, God. Let your joy fill this house, Jesus. Lord, we're trusting you, Lord. We know, God, that you got everything under control, Lord. I pray, God, that all those that's joined us today, God, bless them, Lord. Bless their homes, God. Bless them this season, Lord. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Let the church shout in Jesus' name. Come on, if you love that name, would you give him praise? Come on, if he's done anything for you. Come on, if he's done anything for you, we give him praise. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. It is so good to have amen, my family here with us. I'm so glad to have my grandpa Purdue here with us today. Can we make him welcome? Love my grandpa. Enjoyed hearing him in Sunday school, just supporting him in the teaching. And hearing his voice out there was just it was refreshing. It was nice. Even some of the things that he was saying. And uh, uh, it's so good to have my brother with us today. He's going to be preaching the word. Amen. Love my brother, Pastor Matt. Amen. The Newcastle family, the Turning Point Life Center, those that's joined us, thank you. Thank you so much. But I've got some exciting news for you today. I want to share just a couple of things uh, with you. Uh, last week, it was my honor and privilege to baptize a man that, man, we've been praying for around here, and I'm just excited for what God has in store for his life. I'm going to have one of the brothers help me take some things because uh, he's on crutches, but that didn't stop him from getting baptized last week. <laughs> Trail, stand up, buddy. I'm going to have you stand. If you can stand up, stand up, man. Come on, we're excited for Brother Trail, what God has in store for him. I'm excited for you to get to know him more and more. He's, he's an awesome guy. And uh, God's brought him a mighty long way. He has an amazing testimony. And I'm so excited for what the Lord is doing. You're a good buddy. You can sit down rest that. <laughs> he's not a bad bowler either. He's not bad at bowling either. Uh, also, uh, those of you know uh, Brother Rich Stewart around here, uh, we love him dearly. 
he is just, and his family, it just, it just uh, yesterday I was able to spend some time, we went around, and uh, some of those that are shut in, that's not able to join us and come to church, uh, we were able to go visit their homes and drop off some love gifts to them that was sponsored by him. And uh, his heart was just in, in that giving and just wanted to do something, and I'm not trying to take anything from him, but I, I appreciate folks that have the willing heart to do things and keep people connected, and that meant a lot to me. And so I'm gonna, I want to get him pretty good today, though, because today, I, now, he's been coming around here, and I, we, you know, he's kind of a private guy, he's kind of quiet, I was like, well, I'm not going to do too much to him, but we all joined, you know, he, we just welcomed him in. But now his wife's coming, and Sister Kim says, you know what, we need to make this official, this is our church home, so would you guys stand back there, Brother Rich, Sister Kim, we want to welcome you guys to Heritage Apostolic Tabernacle, we're glad that you all have Where's the girls? There they are. Man, that's exciting. So I told you I had some good stuff for you. Man, amen. If I could have the ushers come forward, we're going to lift up our tithes and offerings. I've got you in a really good mood. So right now is a perfect time to lift up an offering. So we're going to do that. If our ushers come forward. We're going to lift up our tithes and offerings. Amen. Don't forget this coming Wednesday. Someone say Wednesday. This coming Wednesday is our Christmas Spectacular here at the church at 7 o'clock. Uh, if you signed up to participate Wednesday night, you need to be here at 5 o'clock for a run-through. Uh, and so I'm excited because we have a lot of folks that's joined that's never participated before. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. So we're going we're gonna to kind of add a little privacy. So we're not going to be live streaming on Wednesday and so uh, to kind of just make that easier on some folks that's going to be stepping out of their comfort zones and all that good stuff. So that's perfectly fine. We're going to enjoy that Wednesday at 7 o'clock. It's going to be a great time. Let's take our tithes and offerings in our hands and ask the Lord to bless it. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your provision. We thank you, Lord, the way you provide, God. Thank you, Lord, for the service that we've had so far, God. Bless this time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. If the ushers will come forward, they'll dismiss your rows. We like to march our offerings up around here, so as they dismiss you, you may give. Also, we do have card swipe available. If you're like me, don't carry cash. And Pastor Ty's over here on my left. You're right. You can give to that and your offering as well, too. Amen. Let's get excited. Amen. Tell somebody around you, amen, how good God is. Tell somebody, amen, around you what God's done for you recently.
would calm a storm with his hand. Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels try? When you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. Did you know?
the door swing wide. I see glory as I run inside the throne room before you. I bow, the veil is torn, the door swing wide, I see glory, yes, I run inside the throne room before you, I bow, the veil is torn, the glory, the Lord. Amen. How many is thankful today that the veil was torn, was rent? We now have access, amen, to our God. Thank you, Jesus. How many like what they feel here this morning? Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Amen. What a great, what a great Sunday school lesson we have. Remain standing if you would. What a great Sunday school lesson, Brother Wes. Amen. Amen. It was a great lesson. Greater, greater. Our God is greater. He does greater things. Amen. Uh, I get the honor today of uh, announcing the speaker and introducing the speaker. And uh, I was thinking, Brother West was uh, reading there in Luke chapter 2. Matter of fact, Luke chapter 2 verse 11 is one of the greatest Godhead messages given to mankind. Because there's three titles stated there that the angel reported. That uh, he was the Savior. He was the anointed one, Jesus Christ, and he was the son. Amen. That tells us he's God and man in flesh. Praise God. Amen. I made that announcement way back then, and I'm thankful. And I, I got to thinking, you know, I wonder how that angel got to make that announcement. What a great, what a great thing to be able to do. Amen. What a great thing for me to be able to do, to have my dad present as I introduce my son and my, my son's pastoring and working for the Lord, 
there's no greater Christmas gift, no greater present that a, than a father can have than know that his children are serving the Lord, as far as I'm concerned. Amen. That's the truth. Amen. I, raise your kids up. Raise your kids up. Raise your kids up. It pays. And there may be battles, and my wife and I, we went through all kind of battles. Amen. Doing things uh, against the school, against family, and couldn't understand why we were keeping them out, dragging them around, going to church so much, all those things. But uh, I can say it was worth it all now. Amen. That's for sure. Uh, we're going to pray here in just a moment, but Pastor Matt, would you step up here? It's a great honor to introduce him as our speaker today. Amen. I'm proud of my sons, Brother Matt, Brother Adam. I'm proud of them. Amen. I am. Love them all my heart. And uh, they make me the bishop I am because, amen, the qualifications of a bishop to have your home, have your family, have your kids in line. And uh, they have... Uh, most of the time, been in line. I got that in there. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. How many need something? You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the speaker. It matters what God sends. And God, I believe, has a message for us today, all that's gathered here. Uh, right now, it's not important who's not here. What's important is those that are here and that the word of the Lord does its purpose. Would you help me pray? Jesus, we're thankful today. We're thankful for your goodness and for your mercy. We're thankful for health and strength. We're thankful, Lord God, that we can honor you, Lord God, with our presence today. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, to sin, Lord. God, we've worshiped. We've given to you. Now give to us, Lord God, this word, God, that we can use that would keep us, guide us, and help us, Lord. I pray, God, to anoint, Lord God, the messenger in the precious name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Would you just put your hands together today for the Lord? Amen. Our speaker, my son, amen, Pastor Matt Purdue from Turning Point Life Center. Let's give the Lord some praise today. Come on, if you haven't clapped this far, this is your moment. If you haven't lifted your voice, this is your moment. The Bible says that praise is comely for the upright. Amen. You may be seated today. Happy, happy, I guess, early Merry Christmas to everybody. Hope everybody's hanging in there. I do have good news. 11 more days until 2020 is over. How about that? And uh, that's, that's some exciting news. And it is so good to see you. Um, my, my wife and my three kids, Isabel Parker in Oakland, Today at 2 o'clock, we have the big Christmas program in Newcastle at the Armory. And we thought originally the service was at 1030, and they were going to try to make it uh, because all the full dress rehearsals at noon. And so they send their apologies. But I'll promise you I'll make sure they get up here very soon, and uh, they're having the full dress rehearsal. So with 1115 start time, we got our, our times mixed up. We do apologize today. How many love Jesus today? I said, how many love Jesus today? Isn't God good? In spite of it all, God's good. It is so good to see so many of you, and I'll make this very brief. It is so good to see so many of you, as well as so many new faces. Uh, I will tell on Kai Denny, though. Kai Denny was my student teacher when I was in high school. That's how old he is. That, don't let that baby face fool you. 
That's how old he is. It is so good to see you and so many others. And of course, uh, all, that, all that God is doing here, give tremendous honor to the bishop, pastor, and the ministry team here at the church. I'm in great honor today. I have my neighbor. The Bible says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. I have my physical neighbor with me today. Could Mike Brinson, I'm so glad he's here. I know 2020 has been a rough year for a lot, but if you can, will you give Mike about two minutes, maybe three minutes of your time? He is brand new, and you've got to hear what God did for him this year. All right, Mike, would you come on up here? Would you give my neighbor a big hand? He's got a great testimony today. Hello. Uh, I don't know how to use this microphone, so bear with me. Um, wow, this is different from this side than this side. Anyhow, um, so back in uh, December 12, uh, 2016, uh, my youngest son, Cody, was, he came home for lunch. He worked at Ed Martin and Anderson, and he was, lived in Middletown, came home to have lunch with his wife and his daughter or his son. And um, on the way back to work, he was killed in a car accident. And, uh, and I, I just kind of completely ruined my life. Um, we didn't know what to do. I didn't know which way to go. But uh, I mean, I felt pretty bad. I mean, I, I was walking around with my, my eyes were fixed to the ground. I, I, my heart was just, just, just tore up. It, it was heavy, it was angry. My soul was completely empty. Uh, black clouds followed me around everywhere I went. Uh, I just went on like this for, for about a year. I struggled with it. I tried to find people to help me. I, find, I tried to reach out to family members and nothing seemed to work. And then I decided to try to do it myself and self-medicate, you know, and that made it worse. And in uh, 2018, February, uh, well, first of all, I, I, I wanted to kill myself. So I actually had a telephone pole that I was going to crash my car into because I didn't know where my son was at. I really wasn't into church. I believed there was a God, but I didn't know about anything about heaven. And I didn't know if my son was in heaven or where he was at. So I figured if I killed myself, I could find my son and I could take care of him. So, but my problem was if I would hit that telephone pole and not kill myself, then would I be a vegetable? Would I be, have to be dependent on somebody? And I want to do that. So here comes 2018 and I'm, I'm at a Walgreens parking lot and I fall down to the ground and realize I am completely paralyzed on the left side of my body. I've got three brain aneurysms that busted in my head. I'm lifeline down in Indianapolis. I said, yes, this is my way out. I, I get to go see my son. So I was not, I didn't care if I died. I go through surgery and I wake up and I ask the nurse, I said, am I alive? She goes, yeah, yeah, you're alive. I said, oh, dog, I, don't, I didn't want to live. I come out of the, the operating room and I see my family and I see all the fear in their faces. I go, oh man, that ain't good. Uh, they're scared, you know. And later on that night, about 3.30 in the morning, it's all starting to hit, you know. Oh, man, I could have died. What was going to happen? What am I going to do, man? I can't, I can't even kill myself. I can't even die. I'm just, nothing will happen, you know? 
And, and, and a nurse comes walking in. She goes, what's wrong? And I'm sitting there just bawling my head off. I go, well, you know, my son died. I want to die. I don't want to leave my family. I just don't know what to do. I've tried to do everything to solve this problem, and I can't figure it out. She goes, well, if you ask God, why would I ask God? He's the one to put all this on me, right? She goes, no, God's got plans for you. I go, what? How would he have, how would he have plans for me? What, living like this the rest of my life? I don't, I'm not, not, not wanting to live like this. She goes, you need to find God. And she wasn't nice about it, I'll be honest, but she was pretty mean. And, uh, and so the next morning, you know, all the other nurses come in. I go, hey, I go, I really thought about what that nurse told me last night. Who is she? They go, what nurse? I go, I don't know, it was that big nurse, that big girl. She goes, we don't have a nurse that came in here and saw you last night. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. No, somebody was in here last night telling me I need to find God and that he's got a plan for me. And, uh, and I was like, well, this is kind of crazy. So I got out of that hospital. I had three brain injuries, and I was out of the hospital in three weeks. And of course, you can see me now. I walk. I'm perfectly normal. I should have died. I should have been in a coma, if nothing else. But I walked around. I'm back to work. Well, you know, you get back to work, and everybody's like, man, dude, that's a miracle. It's a miracle. Your son's watching over you. And I'm like, I'm hearing this like three or four times. You know, I'm like, maybe he's telling me this stuff that it's a miracle. And I don't believe in miracles, you know. He said, it ain't a miracle. So I went back into my depression because I didn't believe nobody, started drinking again, started going back to my ways because I'm going to fix this problem myself. So here comes fast forward 2019, December 12th, the day my son died. My boss made me work that day. He wouldn't give me the day off. And I go to the first gas station. I, I was a 7-Up sales rep. I go to the gas station, and, and, and as I walk out of the speedway, in walks my son's best friend's mother. And I haven't seen this lady probably in four years, five years, six years. Who knows? I'm like, of all people, why does it have to be her? What if she, you know, so I run out to the car, and now I am bawling my head off. I am so mad at the world. I love the world, but I hate the world. I love people, but I hate people. And I am punching my steering wheel, crying. And I got to go to the next gas station to straighten myself up. So I finally do that to me about 30 minutes. I go in there, and I meet Matt. <laughs> he goes, hey, neighbor. I mean, that's just what he said. What's going on? I said, dude. Today's the day my son died, and I'm not doing too well. He goes, well, there's no word in the English language that will describe what you're feeling like losing a child. I go, that's it, dude. I can't explain to you what I feel. I can't tell you how I feel, and I don't know how to fix it. He goes, well, if you come over to my house for one hour a week and a year, I can help you out. I go, really? I go, well, you know what? I have tried everything else physically on this earth that I, I can think of, and I can't get it. He's my neighbor. Why not? I know he's a pastor, so I know he won't lead me wrong. So I'll give it a shot. So we start meeting, and things are going pretty good. I started seeing visions. Now, I ain't going to get into those. But I started seeing visions, and every time I go over and tell him, I say, man, I think I'm going crazy because I saw something. <laughs> he goes, Mike, it's right here in the Bible. What? It's in the Bible? I go, nah. This, that's kind of weird. And I go, okay, that's a coincidence, right? It's a coincidence just because you can find all kinds of stuff in the Bible. It's a coincidence to your life, right? Well, so things are going pretty good. He goes, hey, I want you to come to my church and meet some people. And uh, 
my, so you could talk and tell kind of your story and kind of get it out. And I go, what's it going to hurt to go to the church? Give them another hour a week. So I go there on Sundays. We meet in this office. And, and it felt pretty good. I mean, I got to talk to people. And I heard their stories. And I go, all right. He goes, well, Mike, you want to come on into the church? And, and church, well, I've never been in church in my life. I go, man, I'm here. So I might as well go in. I could sneak out the back if I have to. You know, if anybody's looking. Not a problem. Not a problem. I'll go in there and just see what it's like. And I went in that place, and the spirit, it was so alive. It, it, it was crazy. It was crazy. That's all I can say. Next thing you know, I found myself, which I didn't know what an altar was. I didn't know what this was. I found myself up there just pleading my heart out to God, crying my eyes out. And I was like, my gosh, I didn't know where this was coming from. And when I left, I go, well, before we left, I went to Matt. I said, dude, I like that. My heart feels better. I go, my heart's been so empty, so hurt and so bad. I go, and I feel it starting to get better. I go, I've tried everything. I go, when's church, when's next church? Like next Sunday? I got to wait till next Sunday to do this? He goes, no, man, we have church on Wednesdays too. I go, what? Yeah, I got to go two days a week. I go, two days a week. I go, so... So I couldn't wait till Wednesday, man. I couldn't sleep. I was so hyped up, ready to go, because I couldn't wait to get back to this altar yeah. and, and, and do that again, because yeah. it was working on my heart. So, boom, I'm up there. And that's all. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to sing these songs. I still don't, to be honest with you. But I'm learning. So anyhow, uh, we're, we're cruising along pretty good. And I, and I asked him one day, I said, hey, you know, I still don't know about heaven, Matt. You know, I need to know, is my son, what's it like? What's it look like? You know, he goes, well, the only way you get in heaven, Mike's got to be baptized. Well, what's that? Well, so then I get taught. Well, his tank's behind us, so I can't point to it. So I get baptized. When I come out of that water, if you've been baptized, you know what I'm talking about. My soul instantly was cleaned out. I mean, it's like, I'm there, it's like whoa, wow, that's me. That's me right there. I go, no way. I go, so the altar's taking care of my heart. The water took care of my soul. What is next? You know, coincidence? We'll see. So June 4th, I start walking. I mean, I'm really starting to feel pretty good. I'm going to take care of Mike now, finally. Off all the alcohol, off everything. I'm on the path, I think. So I'm walking out in the country, and up pops a song. goes, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Okay. No more black clouds is going to, you know. So that song's cranking on my, I got earphones on, I'm walking. I go, man, this is a good song. I forgot about this song. Then I realized, I look out, and the, you know, the pasture, where you want to call it, the fields, the corn's growing about that big. I went, well, look how green that is. And I look at the trees, I go, the trees are looking great. You know, it's summertime, and I go, man, the sky, it's beautiful, beautiful day. I go, it is a sunshiny day. I go, God has taken all the black clouds away from me. No way. Three times now. Okay, three times. Not a coincidence now. We're talking heart, soul, now the sunshine. Okay. I took a picture of me of that day. Okay. That's staying on my phone for the rest of my life because I want to remember that day when I realized what God's doing for me. Okay, so now I'm fired up. I, I'm, I'm whatever I got. I'm going to start Bible study. 
I'm going to start praying in the morning. I'm going to start reading the Bible. I'm going to start doing. I'm going to do what the stuff I got to do. You know. So we're cruising along. The one thing I did forgot to tell you is I never told my wife I was going to church. <laughs> never told my family I was sneaking off going to counseling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I had to let them know. And I need to know this, and this is really bad to say. I've been with my wife 20 years. I didn't know she was religious. And so we come to church, and my wife knows more about it than I do. I'm like, what? I thought I was going to teach her because I was all excited. Hey, I learned something. I learned something. And so I just want you to know now my wife comes, my little grandson, Cody's son, CJ comes, and my mother comes to church all together. Okay? So I'm a pretty happy guy. I'm a pretty happy guy. You know, like, this is going on, you know. But here's the true test this winter. Thanksgiving is when it all starts for me. My son's birthday is November 30th. So I got Thanksgiving, November 30th, December 12th, day he died, and I got Christmas. All within a month, this is going to be God's test, I'm thinking. We'll see how good this is going to go down, right? So Thanksgiving comes, and with COVID, nothing happened. You know, it was not a big party. And I get home, I go, well... Wasn't super excited, but it wasn't bad either. I go, so you might have skated by that one, but I'm going to give it to you, God, because I'm going to believe you're doing something for me. I'll wait to see you on November 30th for my son's birthday. Now, I have not, I put up big Christmas stuff, and, and I've had a rough time for the last few years putting up Christmas, having listened to Christmas music or nothing. So I decided this year my grandson wants to help me put up Christmas so I'm digging it all out, and I find a, a race car track of my son's back there in the back that I forgot he had. I get it out. His son's all excited, and we're putting it together. Well, it's all rusted. didn't work. I go, hey, dude, I'm going to buy your dad a birthday present. Even though he's in heaven, I'm going to buy him a birthday present for his birthday. We're going to wrap that on, on his birthday, and we're going to play that for him. He's all excited. So November 30th, we get that race car track up, and we're playing around, and my little grandson goes, Grandpa, this is cool, ain't it? I go, yeah. I go, you glad you, your dad got that birthday present? He goes, I'm glad my dad's in heaven, and I'm going to keep his race car track. And I love my daddy. And I sat there and went, dude, you're glad your dad's in heaven. He doesn't have the pain I have in my heart, but he's glad his dad's in heaven. He's glad because he gets a race car track, I believe it, more than anything. But I started thinking about him. All this is going down with me being helped by God and all that stuff, my family coming. Is this really for him? Is he fixing me so I can make sure he's fixed? He's the one that doesn't have a daddy. I, you know, I had a son for 20 years, but he, is, he had a dad for a year and a half. He doesn't even know him. I go, is that why I'm here? Is this why this is going down? I go, well, okay. I'm going to go with that because I like that idea. That day was a great day. We had fun playing the track. So now he, there's no more November 30th bad days. I'm going to celebrate my son's birthday party. I'm going to have a party for him. December 12th's coming up. Okay. okay, Saturday morning I wake up. Look around, I go, well, I don't feel bad. And I started thinking, you know, today's the day. A year ago I met Matt in that gas station. And he told me, give him a year. And I analyzed that year, how my heart's been fixed, how my soul's been fixed, how my rainy days are gone. You know, I go, how am I feeling today? <laughs> Guys. Yeah. I'm 6'6", and I'm standing tall today. Okay? So if he did all this in one year, 
to a guy who was broken down, beaten up, what's going to be next year like? Right? When I feel great and I can't wait to move on. Okay? So I have one thing I got I to say. This is my prayer this morning. I have a little thing on my app on my phone, and I listen. I got to say that to you because it really means a lot to me. And, uh, and so... I'm not the greatest prayer, so i got to cheat sometimes and steal off other people. So, and then I'll be done. So, God, thanks for not giving up on me when I gave up on you. God, nothing can separate me from your love. I am so thankful for the strength and passion that you instill in me, incited a courage within the last within that I must share. I ask that you use me as a tool for good so that I can bring others to see your love as I do. I ask this in accordance with your desires, my loving, powerful creator. Amen. So. Thank you for letting us share that today. I believe that I'm not going to be very long. I believe that God has orchestrated these two pieces to be together because somebody here needed to hear that. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to be moving very quickly. Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41. Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41. The Bible says in the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto him, Let us pass over unto the other side. When they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. There were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. Anybody ever taken on just a lot of life coming on board your life? Get loaded down. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow, and they woke him and said unto him, Master, carest not that we perish. He arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I want to preach today. It's, I really sought God on one of those Christmas messages. But if you'll just give me a few minutes today, I want to preach on this title. Let's go to the other side. Let's go to the other side. Amen. Would you clap your hands to the Lord? We've prayed. We've sought God. We worship him today and him alone. Hallelujah. Can I just minister to you for just a few moments this morning? Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate that. Today I must begin by saying that the devil is a liar. 
He is. He lies more than the Congress does. Or the United States government. Since the beginning of time, we have seen the impact of God's word. When God speaks, things happen. In Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. Guess what happened? There was light. Some would argue that we are here today, that all of this began with a big bang. I don't know if I agree with the assessment of that, but I do agree that there was a big bang. The voice of God spoke. And when he spoke, action and sounds and movement begin to take place. He spoke even when it was dark. He spoke even when things were without form. That's what our God does. God opens his mouth and he begins speaking things into existence with darkness around him, with void, with nothing there. What I have found to understand, and I don't understand much about God, but what I do know is that God does not need things to be bright and sunny in order for him to still be working. He doesn't need a crowd cheering him on. He doesn't need an amen corner rooting him on. He, hasn't, he doesn't need to have a certain temperature outside. Palm trees and the sun to be shining. God, in the beginning of time, when things had no form, no life, and complete darkness, God spoke and immediately... As he spoke, action began to take place. The Apostle Paul expounds upon this very thing in Hebrews 11, 1, 2, and 3. Many of you can quote this. He says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Notice he says that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And the things we are seeing with our eyes are not made of things that appear. Speaking the word of faith in dark moments still works. Speaking the word of faith, when things do not appear the way you think they should appear, I want to tell you at the end of 2020, it still works. Because the world would tell you that God does not exist. Amen. They will tell you that God does not answer our prayers. 
That he doesn't work in the night or during the storm. Just because you don't see him doesn't mean he isn't right there. Can I get an amen? Amen. So don't you forget the faith that you have. It has to be tried. Faith must be put on fire. And when there are a lot of things seemingly going wrong in and around your life, all you have to do is get one thing right. You don't have to get 20 things right, 10 things right, 5 things right. But when things are on fire in your life and when you see like you are just, you're just going through life and the lights are off and you're fumbling your way through, I want to tell you today simply, you just got to do one thing right and that is keep your faith. Hear me today. Keep your faith. I'm hurrying this morning. God told Abraham, how many remember Abraham in the Bible? God told Abraham, he said, you're going to be the father of nations. You're going to walk with tremendous promise and anointing on your life. And we like to hear that, don't we? You're going to experience multiplication in your life, in your ministry, in your family. On a level that nobody has ever seen before. To me, to me, I would think that God would choose somebody, really anybody other than Abraham. Abraham's situation wasn't really the easiest to work with. Number, I'll give you three reasons. Number one, his wife was barren. Let me break that down for you. She could not have children. Okay, God, you're going to give somebody a promise and their wife can't even have kids. That's roadblock number one. Number two, no disrespect, but she was old. That's strike two right there. She's barren. Now she's old. Just to add to it, one more significant event. He was old. Wife's barren, she's old, he's old, but he's carrying a promise from God that he's going to do some things in his life that are going to far exceed his expectations. The unique thing about the unique thing about God is he waits until it seems impossible. Oh, hallelujah. I, I may not hit everybody. I'm going to hit a few people today. He, he waits till things seemingly are absolutely impossible. He uses people that... He uses people, he uses places and things that have been devalued, discredited, no way it could happen. And then he makes it happen. Oh, hallelujah. In our days, lots of people say they attend church or they go to church. But not a lot of people believe God and walk in faith. I believe we need a revival of believing God again. We need an awakening not from without but from within of walking in faith. You might look at your situation and get down on your life. You might look at your alienation and your circumstance, your lack of this and your lack of that and think, where in the world are you today, God? I've learned that when fire kicks up and trials move in, it's the perfect breeding ground for faith to step in. 
Can I tell you today simply that if God said it, it's going to happen. If God promised you it, it will take place. I don't walk by what I see. I walk by faith. I walk by faith. Somebody high five your neighbor, tell him I'm walking by faith. Doesn't the Bible tell us that Elijah prayed for rain? He prayed for rain. And before the downpour ever happened, he was praying for rain. And before, somebody shout before, and before the downpour ever happened, a cloud of the size of a man's hand was good enough for him to say, hey, that's, that's all I need. Pastor Elijah, don't get too excited about this. I know you're praying about the circumstance. I know you're waiting on God to show up and do what he said he was going to do. Don't get too excited about this, but I do see a cloud. I do see a cloud about the size. It's just about the size of a man's hand. Elijah said, all right, that's all I need. Go tell him to get ready because I hear, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. You see, you're going to miss it if you're always thinking it's going to happen and happen big when you think it's going to happen. But if you'll step out by faith and believe that God is able to do all that he said he was able to do, there is nothing that cannot stop you. Oh, hallelujah. The word of God does not lie. Oh, I wish somebody would shout with me right now. The word of God does not lie. The devil lies. But God doesn't lie. And if he told you it was going to happen, it's going to happen. If he said your son's coming back, your son's coming back. If he said your spouse is going to be setting by you, your spouse is going to be setting by you. There's nothing Dale, hell can do about it. There's nothing the world can do about it. Because what God says, he always backs up. There is, there is no wasted season. I said, there is no wasted season. There is no wasted trial. We did everything everybody else did this year. We did everything everybody else did. We, we, did, we did virtual. We, we, did, we did splitting the service up into two morning services. Father's Day this year. Bring everybody back together for one service the first time and still had about 20% out. Watching online. That next week, I felt like Job's messengers were calling me every day. And then me and the health director, we got on a first name basis. Hey, pastor, somebody else from your church tested positive. I think in like two weeks, we had over 100 people in our church test positive for COVID. We have to shut the thing down five weeks, preaching to an empty sanctuary. Preaching to a little camera. We can't even let our praise team in. Just me, sound guy, or the production guy, and Jesus. You don't think the devil crawls up on your shoulder and said, Hey, what are you going to do this year, preacher? Well, you're really having revival. How about that building you're building? Aren't you, aren't you really gaining some ground on that? 
Boy, you had a packed house. Now look out there. Ain't nobody here. I'd be lying to you if I said it didn't get a hold of me. You can ask my mother. She started praying, I think even fasting for me. I didn't even know it. She heard things coming out of my mouth she probably never heard me say before. Like, I don't want to pray. Can I be honest today? I don't want to pray right now. Why? I don't know what to tell God. What? I'm mad at you? Thanks a lot? We appreciate that. Anybody ever been there before? Why'd you do all this? I don't want to pray. Got down in there and I was getting ministers to fill the pulpit because I didn't even want to open my Bible. I was sick, family sick, hundred and some people in our church sick, middle of a financial, trying to raise money for this building that God, you gave us for free. Didn't want to pray. Didn't want to read my Bible. But the day came, it was a Friday morning, and I was slotted to preach that Sunday. I said, all right, Matt, you better get your stuff together. Before my eyes even opened up that Friday morning, the Lord took me to a verse in the Scripture in Ezekiel. And the Lord carried me to the valley of dry bones is what Ezekiel said. And God nudged me. He said, he didn't go there by himself. Look at it again. The Lord carried me to the valley. I didn't go to the valley on my own. But he said, the Lord carried me to the valley of dry bones. And God said, you're not going through what you're going through alone. Thirteen years ago, I sent you to this city, and it wasn't because you went on your own. And I've never left you. I've never forsaken. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. But the ministry you're in, the callings of God that you're in, I know things have happened this year that have not been pleasant. But for the, for the sake of heaven, please hear me. You're not in this alone. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Key word is through. Look at your neighbor and say through. I'm hurrying. And I'm outside my notes now, so I know I'm in the Holy Ghost. But the Lord said, look at that scripture again. The Lord carried me to the valley of dry bones. He said, my son, and I'm not, I'm not one that says, hey, I got a rule. Telephone me and Jesus talk all the time. But this is one of those moments where God says, my son, I carried you there. Not to leave you, but to use the gift that's inside of you. He said, if I didn't have a prophet go to the valley, if I didn't have a prophet that I could carry to the valley and set him down, 
that entire army would have never heard the word of God. That entire army would have never clicked and come back together. But because you are allowing me to, to carry you to this place, I will produce something in your life that you could never have gotten on the mountain. It had to only come from the valley. He said, I needed a prophet to prophesy. I need a worshiper right in the valley to start worshiping. I need somebody that operates in the gifts of the Spirit right in the valley to start operating in the gifts of the Spirit. You're not doing this alone. He said, I carried you there. And Ezekiel steps up in the valley. Why? Because the anointing of God is on him. And he says, hear ye. The word of the Lord and bones begin to rattle and sinews, need, they begin to find bodies and attach themselves. And the, body, the Bible says after the end of it all, at the end of it all, right there in the valley where it seemed like nobody would ever want to go, where it seemed like nothing would ever happen again. The Bible says an exceeding great army begin to rise up. Why? Because somebody allowed God to carry them to the valley. What I'm preaching to you about is this. If God said you're going to the other side, there's a reason there's a purpose there's nothing that can come against you hell will send dark clouds the winds will begin to blow from here to there but don't you don't you define your circumstances and your success by how peaceful things are sometimes the seas get rocky sometimes the clouds get dark but don't you turn around keep paddling keep paddling keep paddling because God has something on the other side of it all. Somebody clap your hands right now. Shout unto God right now. If you're going through some things, lift up your voice. The Bible says the only thing that can destroy the yoke that's around your neck is the anointing. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Come on, that's it. Don't you be afraid. Push your way through a little bit. Push your way through a little bit. Oh, hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands to God right now. Lift your hands up. To every guest in the house, this is the power and the spirit of God. It's nothing to be afraid of. This is book of Acts. Read it. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Move upon your people today. Resurrect everything that seems dead. Torment. Shataya. There's no wasted season. I don't know why things happen the way they do, but there's no wasted season. The Bible says... That while they were going from here to there, and I'm almost done, while they were going from here to there, Jesus had been teaching all day. He'd been teaching all day in the ship. And he turns to his disciples, he said, let us go to the other side. And when they got into the storm, or when they got into the ship and they began to go, the Bible tells us in verse 37, and there arose a great storm of wind and the waves be beat into the ship so that now it was full. 
They're going to the other side. They're listening to the word of God. And from here to there, you can be seated. From here to there, all of a sudden, follow me now, the wind began to blow. Water began to splash up on the boat. Wait a minute. Anybody ever been here before? I'm doing what God told me to do. I'm trying to obey the word of God. Wait a minute, God. And from here to there, some things begin to happen. You see, we're not real good with transition, are we? We're not real good with transition. Transitioning in ministry. Transitioning in our life. To my good friend, so thankful you were washed in the blood. But it's going to be a transition from the world to the house of God. There's a transition. Give me a year, Mike. Let's work through this transition together. But what I've learned to know is this. That if God said, let's go to the other side. Even if the wind blows. Even if the waves begin to crash on the boat and you feel like you're just going to sink. If God said, let's go to the other side. Let me just give you a newsflash today. We're going to the other side. If God said revival's coming to this church, I don't know the prophetic utterances that have been declared in your prayer meetings and in your services. I do not know that, but I will tell you this. If God told you something individually or collectively, it will happen. God is not a liar. God, I can't drive that home enough. God is not a liar. And God takes care of us. God knows how to give good gifts. Oh, yes, he does. Amen. He is, he's the original gift giver. He is, the Bible says, if we know how to give good gifts, how much more does our heavenly father know how to give good gifts? We're going to the other side. I'm not waiting till 2021. I'm, I'm, I'm pivoting now. I, I'm telling you, let, 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 me just, let me just wrap this thing up here. And you know I'm bragging on Jesus when I say this. We come out of five weeks of just silence. Silence. We go to the Arts Park in Newcastle and start having services. Well, there's a lot of churches in the denominational world still shut down. So guess what? Some of them are bringing their lawn chairs out. Sitting in the back. Sticking their toe in the water of this little, of this Pentecostal experience. I've heard about it. I'm a little leery about all those Pentecostal people down there. I heard they run the aisles. I hear they speak in tongues. I hear they shout. Well, don't knock it till you try it. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hey, you tie a few on at the bar down the road. You're not going to sit in your seat and be quiet all night. You'll probably make your way out to the dance floor. You'll probably get to singing a little bit. There's nothing wrong when you taste of the goodness of God. In fact, we might just be a little too sober around here. I don't care if it is Christmas. Oh, Jesus, let Joel's place fall on this house. Let the book of Acts fall on this house. Let it be continual. Let it be perpetual. Sometimes we walk a little too straight. 
I said, sometimes we, we become a little too proper around here. Amen. I'm going to tell you, we're not going to win the world by coming in and folding our arms and crossing our legs and keeping our mouth shut. God is wanting to pour out a revival in these last days, and he needs his church to be the church. People in the back, well, I don't know about all Oh, yeah. My wife told me the other day, I was trying to go to sleep, and she had her laptop out, working through the discipleship process. She said, man, I said, what? I'm trying to go to sleep. Come visit us at the office, you know. I got office hours. I love you, babe, but I got to go to sleep. I got to tell you something about the church. No. We don't talk shop right now. It's bedtime. I got to tell you something. I said, what? She had her laptop, and she looked at me as bright out as she could. She said, this may be the best year our church has ever had with new converts. She said, we're, we're growing in the middle of a pandemic. What I'm telling you right now is there is no wasted season. The devil can't shut you down. This world can't lock you down. That addiction can't keep you back. If you will come forward, if you will worship God, if you'll get a made-up mind, oh, look out, 2021. There is nothing unprecedented that cannot happen. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Lift your hands right now. I'm finished. Would you stand to your feet? I feel, I feel like faith is moving in here. We're going to move very quickly with this. I feel like, I feel like, oh, hallelujah. I feel like faith is moving into this place. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Amen. I may not speak to everybody, but there's some people in this room right now. Amen. You need to know that this year has not chalked up loss after loss after loss after loss. But God is wanting to remind you one more time. You need to redig up those promises he gave you. It may have been in 1996 or it may have been in 2007. It may have been at a prayer meeting somewhere or a camp meeting. It may have been in your bedroom while you was in your prayer closet. But hear ye the word of the Lord. I am not a God that lies. I am a God that comes through with my word. If I am not late. I may be late according to your word, but I am not late according to mine. If he says we're going to the other side, we're going to the other side. I don't even have time to talk about the demoniac that waited over there and the miracle that happened. But there's a reason why God has you transitioning from here to there. Close your eyes right now. I'm going to count to the count of three. Anybody in this house Anybody in this house that needs, that needs a refilling, that needs to be...